And, and I know that God is, has something very special for you today. Uh, you know, th this is, uh, so next week will be our final, uh, I guess you could say Saturday is the last day of fasting. I'm going to push it all the way through to that lunch, though, together. I'm going to take it all the way to that. Uh, and I am, I, I am having a, a good time. Um, there's, you know, a lot of times I was talking with somebody yesterday, and a lot of times when you think about fasting, okay, what am I fasting for, you know? And there's usually something going on in your life that you need to overcome. Is that true? You know, how many have something in your life right now that it's like kind of pressing in on you, something that's a challenge? How many, you know, just, just our nation right now, you know, there's some things that, man, we can be, we can feel threatened, can't we? In a lot of ways. And um, so there's, there's this challenge that we have continually of, of feeling like we're pressing against something. But you know what I really like about, about this time of fasting? How many know that if God can just be seen? If you can just see God for how he really is? You know what I mean? Have you ever thought that? It's like, I've prayed that sometimes. <laughs> it's like when I'm praying for a service like today, I'll say, God, just show up because if they can just see you, it will make all the difference in the world, won't it? It's like, if you could just see God. Right? <laughs> and so in my times of, in this time of fasting, my discovery, what I want to do is just know God more. Why do we get rid of other things in our life? Is it so that we can just go take care of something else? Or is it so that we can discover the one that will? You know? I, I, I want to I know God more. And so I'm going to say, other things in my life that I feel like I require, I don't require them. I require God. And when I do that, man, it's, it's so wonderful just to... Uh, and, and I, I'm blessed. I have the key to the door so I can come in here by my, myself and just get in God's presence by myself. But each of us have a, have a way we can, we can spend time in God's presence and, and, it, and we can be transformed there. And from that position, we discover something that I want to talk about today. I want to continue talking about. We, we kind of opened this up last week and I, I felt... I, I really believe that, how many pray for me, <laughs> right? You're praying for me. I know if you're a guest here, you know, you might say, well, I'll think about it. You know, it's like, maybe, maybe that's something I can think about going forward. But um, I believe that, you know, if we're one body, that God's going to speak something to me that, that, that he wants me to share. And it's interesting for me, it's, it's kind of like, I like to write songs and, um, the thing about what's kind of interesting about a song is you write one and then it's like, where did that come from? I don't know where that came from. I don't know if there's ever going to be another song. I, you know, it's like, it was so wonderful. I, it, it's wonderful to me how, how songs just kind of come and, and, and it's so fresh and so wonderful. And you never know. There's a source that it's coming from that it never ends. And that's the way it is with God with me too. And, and, and it is for all of us. It's like, how amazing it is that we can read the same scripture again. And it's like it opens up in a fresh new way. Amen? So that's what happens for me when I'm, when I'm saying, God, what, what are we going to go towards? What do you want us to learn? What do you want us, what do you want to speak to our hearts this week? And he, he talked to me about something that I, I think it will bring, I know it will, it will help us in this coming year in our personal lives, and in the effect that we can have upon our families, our community, and our nation. And it's so important. So, um, you know, I talked about people having things in your life that you need to overcome. And, and I was thinking about this. Why do, you, why do you have a sense of needing to overcome? Because you feel like something's coming against you, don't you? You feel like there's something that's challenging you in some way that's, that's going to take a lot to overcome, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I was, I was thinking about this. I just want to give this example before we get into this because 
when any, when, whenever there's a threat against a nation, whenever there's an enemy invading in some way, what do they do? They'll launch a grenade, right? They'll, <laughs> they'll send a missile. <laughs> they'll, they'll attack. And so what happens is, is you see that attack and your focus goes to that attack. But when somebody's invading, are, are they wanting to just hurt you a little bit here and there? No, they want to take over. You know, I was thinking about this. Remember, now we don't remember. Hope, I don't think there's anybody here that can remember. But the Second World War, you know, you study it. And... Uh, uh, Remember what Hitler would do? He would threaten. And remember the first nations right around him? Some of them, I don't even think he fired a shot. They were just scared. So much, they, they saw this enemy coming in. There was a threat. And they thought it would be much better to just let him take over. In fact, they didn't really know who he was at that point, like, like they would find out later. But how many know he got, he got even halfway into France and decided he wanted to take over England also, right? And something happened in England. There were some people that stood up and said, no. What was the difference? There, there was a difference that they saw. And do you know how, man, if you study this stuff, it's incredible what they endured. I was thinking, you know, in our nation today, we don't even have a taste of, of what real war is. I don't know if we'll ever experience that kind of a thing again because our weapons are so much more devastating now. <laughs> you know, how the Second World War ended was, was pretty devastating. Some of the, but but they, were, they were bombing London like every night. People were getting killed all the time. They were being attacked. And if the focus on those attacks was given all the focus, if it was getting all the attention, it would be very easy just to say, okay, it would be better for us to give up our identity, who we are as a nation, and allow you just to take over. So I want to challenge us in this because, man, there's a, there's a very precious thing that we have that our enemy wants to come against us. And if we don't realize it in the attack that we think we need to overcome, it becomes something that when we give our attention to it, we end up giving in and surrendering to the threat. Not just of that thing. You know, sometimes we have something going on in our body and we feel like the enemy's just stacking our body. We have, we have a challenge in a relationship and we think that the enemy's just coming against us in this. But you know what he really wants? He wants to take over. And sometimes we don't realize that in giving in to whatever that is, and we'll, we'll find out some about this today. This is, this is gonna be good, Amen. That when, when Jesus came and laid down his life for us, what he acquired for us was an overcoming that becomes an identity. Just, you know, I, I believe this is the real challenge to America today is our identity. Remember, we had, we had a couple missiles hit the, you know, the towers in, in, in New York. And man, our, our country came together. Everybody's praying. You know, we're all, we're all united all of a sudden. But the threat we have today is much more than a couple of missiles hitting some towers. It's our identity. And what the enemy wants to come in and he's coming in with, he's coming in with threats. And he's causing fear to say, okay, we'll just give in to whatever looks like it's the solution right now. So in a, in a bigger sense, this is going on, but Jesus came to give us an identity that we're not going to just give up. But we're going to get our weapons and we're going to fight back. It's amazing what England did back to, to Germany. 
They, Germany was already, they're coming, they're, they have all the planes and everything else. And, and uh, Churchill started putting together this war machine. He says, you come against me, you're going to find out what a real war is. And what's cool about it too, remember America got in on it too, eventually? That there's a coming together that you're not alone, but you have to get an assurance of what you have is not worth letting somebody else take over. Amen? All right. This is going to be really good. Let's just strap on here. I got some, some good stuff for us, all right? So I, uh, <laughs> I come from Colorado, and I have uh, Bronco's blood flowing through my veins, and sometimes it gets kind of discolored, I think. <laughs> like this year, it's not, it's not doing too well. But for a while there, we had this. You know how it is? It, you know, the Patriots are probably this way right now. You know, you get a tradition going in a, in a city, of winning, and it's a powerful force. They, you, the team can you know, actually not really be that great that year, but they still have this, it's, it's what we do, we win. There's something that we acquired in Christ that is very powerful. It's a, it's a tradition of winning. It's like, I have overcome. This is why I like this, this passage. John 16, 33. I have spoken these things to you so that you might have peace in me. In the world, you shall have tribulation. What is that? That's a tax coming against you. That's, that's threat. Something you need to overcome, right? But be of good cheer. I have overcome. This is what I do. I'm a... I'm a Bronco that wins every year. <laughs> this, is, this is what I do best. <laughs> and Jesus said, you know what? It doesn't do any good to be an overcomer if you don't have anything to overcome. And you know, you take somebody, uh, as much as I don't like to admit it, this, this Chiefs quarterback, man, he is a dude. I don't know if you've ever, I, I haven't even watched him play this year, but I've watched him enough. He played against the Broncos, and, and you know, he, he can be, they can be way behind, and he just, you're not going to beat me. I'm just winning. This is what I do. <laughs> in fact, what I sense in him is that the bigger the challenge, the greater he responds. You know? I think that's what Jesus is saying. You know what? You're going to have some tribulations, but it's, it should be an opportunity for you to get fired up. Because what you have in me is an overcomer. <laughs> and you know what? It's really fun for an overcomer to overcome. And you can maybe write some lyrics on that, right? <laughs> Isn't that good? Doesn't do any good to be more than an overcomer if you're not overcoming some things. But when you become one, now you look at every challenge, every threat. Ah, that's something that I am going to overcome. I am Churchill. You're not going to have me. You're not going to rule me, right? So, <clears throat> there's, a, there's an important part to discover in this statement, though. He says, in me. And sometimes, you know, we can, we can, take, we can take a truth and we can all, almost uh, assume that we already know all there is to know. When it be, it's really very powerful. It's very deep. Okay? So I want to look at what this means. What we actually got. Why is it important for us to say, cool, Jesus, you overcame, but what about me? And that's exactly what he came to make it about, is us. Amen? What Jesus acquired for us requires our taking hold of. How many know that America is an amazing nation? As much as you have naysayers, as much as you have things being said against us, this is a nation where you can do things if you want to do them. No matter your gender, no matter your race. And why? 
It's because people have gone before us and laid down their lives for a freedom that we have right now that is being threatened. <laughs> but you know, you can live in this country and never prosper at all. You can live on the street corner if you want to. Is it because it's not available? No, it's just because you didn't take hold of it, right? Jesus came and he did some stuff for us that, and, and you know, sometimes you just don't know. A lot of people are destroyed because they just don't know. And when we get done today, you're going to know, okay? <laughs> so, so, but, but it's very important if there's something available, if there's something about who I am, it's important that I take hold of it. Lay hold of it because it will be just like an enemy coming into my nation. If I don't realize who I am, giving into them is not a big deal because I don't really appreciate what I have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? So Paul says this. You know, Paul, again, he's the guy that you would think, man, he knows all about Jesus. He, he has, you know, he's, he's the one that got the revelation of what Jesus actually came to do. So you think, wow. He surely got it. He could say, man, I've held on to, look at me, what all I did. But no, he says, man, I, I, I don't even pretend like I've gotten anything yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not as though I already attained. Either we're already perfect, but I am pressing on. If I may lay hold of that for which I was taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, this is an amazing thing. He's, what's required of us is something that Jesus has already done for us. Jesus came and every, every overcoming that he did, and we'll see this, <laughs> he took a hold of it as if it was for us. You know, we were, we were, we were watching one of, one of these kind of, man, it was, it was a scary, it was, it was uh, what was it, higher uh, limits or something like that. It was one of these mountain climbing movies, you know, you know, where uh, they were climbing K2. And, uh, um, you know, y you have to have all this scary stuff going on. But they had people falling off the edge of a cliff, hanging on to a, you know, one of those uh, axes or whatever they are, you know, those snow axes, and then holding on to somebody else with their hand Oh, like three people, you know. It's like, it's like, this ain't happening. Actually, it started off, it was really, well, the son had to cut his dad loose so that they could live. It was really, you know, it's just one of those movies. I told my wife, it's just like the Titanic. It's just, you know, people are dying, you know. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> but when Jesus took hold of the victory that he took hold of, he had us. And everything he took hold of was for us. And, and, and this truth right here, and this is where we're going to, we, we, I just want to, man, let's get this, okay? Because <laughs> this is the truth of the gospel. This is what Jesus came to do for us, that if we don't know it, we will give it up. We, we will give up that reality to a threat that comes our way and will modify our theology to make it possible for the enemy to come in and rule. Okay? Are you following me? All right. So Paul, he says, man, I'm, I'm pressing beyond where I'm at because I need to discover the reality. Because this is, this is amazing. So just before we take the next step here. If an enemy wants to come in and take over uh, most efficiently, what will he do? He will attack the, uh, the place of defense. He, he will attack the, the, the strength, right? He wants to take down the communication tower. He wants to take down something that's, that's integral, integral to uh, the defense. And when the enemy comes in, he's going to use weapons. We'll see what they are. He's going to use weapons with a purpose of destroying what we're going to talk about right here. What he really wants to do is take out 
our defenses. And this is an identity of who we are. It's kind of like in England. You, you start touching who I am, and I'm going to put up a fight. But you have to know who you are. Amen? All right. So, to know who you are and your place as a child of God is world-overcoming faith. Now, we saw last week, we looked at this last week, uh, and we've already talked about it today. The biggest thing we're going to overcome is our identity challenge that the enemy wants to take, okay? But what I want to get to today also is we have power over the enemy also that we can come back with again. It's like, it's like in England. It wasn't enough for them to just keep, keep Germany out. I can say, go away, go away. They had to attack them. That when you're going to defeat an enemy, you have to defeat him on his ground. That's why, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the armor that we're supposed to put on, it's all offensive. Did you ever notice that? It's all in the front. Why? Because we're going, our best defense is our offense, right? I think football's opposite, isn't it? Sometimes they say that the best offense is a defense. <laughs> but, but, but what we have in Christ is an offense that the enemy can't, the gates of hell cannot prevail. <laughs> now, when you think about that, sometimes you think, well, I thought the enemy was coming against me. Not if you're overcoming. You're going against him. He tries to put up a defense and, and you say, no, your, your gates aren't going to prevail against me. I'm overcoming. Amen? So 1 John 5, 4. Every child. How many are a child of God here today? And if you aren't, it's real easy. You just say, Jesus, be my Lord. And sing that song with us. I surrender. I surrender. Be my Lord. Right? This is an amazing statement. Every child of God overcomes. Now, how could that not be true? How many have not overcome? <laughs> and you're a child of God. I believe in the moment of being overcome, the, the understanding of your being a child is compromised. That's why it's so wonderful to sing this song. It was it's like Hunter must have been in the spirit also when God was telling me what to, to share today. We sang that today. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. I'm a child of God. And this has to be something that is not just a wonderful song that we sang on Sunday, but it's a meditation. Because this is the meditation that overcomes not just that I'm a child, but what does it mean to be a child? And what, what did Jesus acquire for us? It's an identity that the enemy cannot overcome if we maintain it. This is why a relationship with God, is, it's, it's continual. It's always. Amen? Every child of God overcomes the world. And the victorious principle, and this is what we're going to hit, which has overcome the world, is our faith. What is faith? Substances, things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, things that you can't really see in your natural. God's an unseen God, and yet I'm his son. You know? This is why we need the Spirit to help us with this. We need understanding. That's why we're here talking about it today. We just don't get it by not going and pursuing it. That's why, that's why Paul says, I'm pressing towards this understanding. I have to know this more. Amen? Because this is the faith that overcomes the world. This principle of being a child of God. Amen? What does that mean? It, it, it will mean nothing if we just say, I'm a child of God. Well, that's good. I'm also my, my dad's son. <laughs> You know, what, what does it actually mean? So let, let's, let's go there a little bit, okay? The claim of any worldly entity as our Lord was completely removed by the triumph of the cross. 
you know, we were praying before the service today, and Melanie was praying, and it, it was wonderful, and she, and she hit this. I thought, wow, this is cool. This is kind of where we're going today. There's something that happened on the cross. When Jesus say, said, I overcame, I have overcome, what he did on the cross was defeat any source of a threat that could come against us on this earth. Amen? He overcame that. This has to be understood, first of all. The claim, so, so here we are. We have anybody wanting, any, any uh, outside threat coming against us. We, we already said this. What they want is not to just hurt us in our body. They don't want to just hurt us in some way in the natural. They want to take over. And so what, the, what, what Jesus did against that is he, he defeated all those. He was tempted in everywhere like we were. He went to the cross, bore all of our sins, but not, he didn't just do that. He went to hell and paid the price for it and defeated all the, all the forces of darkness that could ever overcome us. So there needs to be an understanding that what's coming to me is not just a natural thing. It's not just a worldly thing. It's a spiritual thing that Jesus already took care of. Amen? Colossians 2.13. And to you, dead as you once were in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your natural state, he has nevertheless given life with himself, having forgiven us all our transgressions. So, so he did this before we even looked his direction. And this is the amazing thing. If, if, this, if this can actually be realized, be seen, this is the amazing love of God that he did this before he even knew that we would choose him. How many know that the mo most of the people in the world today have not chosen him? And yet the provision is still there. It's, it's kind of like I was talking about America having, having a wonderful opportunity. What Jesus acquired, and, and Paul was referring to that. He says, I want to take hold of what was, has been taken hold for me. Well, this is what was taken hold. Before we even deserved it, Jesus put this into place. He gave himself to acquire something for us. The bond with its requirements, which was in force against us and was hostile to us. This is the claim that the, Satan had on us, right? From the fall in the garden, he had, had a claim upon us. He had the right to come in and invade, make us serve sin, right? He canceled and cleared it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and the hostile princes and rulers he shook off from himself and boldly displayed them as his conquests when by the cross he triumphed over them. What happened on the cross is the key. Jesus defeated everything that we will ever need to overcome. He didn't just defeat it in its threat against us. He defeated it in its ability to come and rule us. Because that's what the enemy always really wants to do. He doesn't want to just, you know, give us a headache or something, you know. He wants, to, he wants to take over. But did you know that a headache can cause you to give up on specific things that we'll see here, okay? So Jesus already defeated those things that were saying, okay, Paul, what are you talking about? Well, this is what it is. It's an identity. So what Jesus did with that, though, is he, is he, he became the firstborn among many what? Brothers and sisters, right? What does that mean? To be, so, so then to be a child of God is to identify with Christ. To identify with his overcoming on the cross. Amen? <laughs> and, and again, we're, we're emphasizing this is, this is critical to understand who you are in Christ. Because when that becomes, that becomes, you're convinced of this, 
It will be something when, when the enemy comes and threatens you with anything in this life, you say, I understand that I am going to go through a tribulation, but I am of good cheer because the one I'm identified with has overcome. And so that means I have overcome as well. Amen. Before we ever accepted him, he took a hold of our victory over death and prepared a seat with him in heavenly places. So it wasn't like Jesus came and just did all this for us and said, here you go. Have fun with that on the earth. No, he took us when he raised up from the grave. He took us with him. He actually went up into heaven in a position that's above every other ruler, every, you know, here's what the enemy always wants to do. He, he wants you, he wants to make you a victim. He wants to make it like something is over you that you're trying to, even when you go into prayer, he said, God, get me out from underneath all of this stuff. And he said, I already did. I went to the cross for you. I raised up from the grave for you. And before you even looked my direction, I seated you in heavenly places above all the stuff that you think is above you. Amen? Are we good? All right, so here's another wonderful passage that enforces this. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy and because of the intense love which he bestowed upon us, aren't you grateful for that? We don't deserve any of it. And, and in his mercy and his love, he, this is, this is so powerful. He caused us, dead though we were, through our offenses, to live with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And he raised us with him from the dead and enthroned us with him in the heavenly realms as being in Christ Jesus. In order that by his goodness to us in Christ Jesus, he might display in the ages to come the transcendent, riches of his grace. Now, this can sound like a lot of just religious talk or just kind of Bible talk or something else. But this is death-defeating power. This is why it requires faith. <laughs> it requires belief. You know, and, and, and I could ask you right now, how many believe God can do anything, and we all raise our hands, you know, it's like, but do you really? Because you know what he already did in you? Until we can actually believe that, we're susceptible to the threats of an enemy that has already been defeated, okay? How does he defeat us? What is it about that seat? It's far above any power on earth, and it puts us in authority with Christ. So now, sometimes we say, God, just come do this for me. Come do this for me. And he said, you know what? I've seated you in a position where you have authority. And now it becomes very important what's coming out of your mouth, because that's your weapon of authority. You know, it doesn't do any good for, for Bar Barney Fife to sit on the side of the road and wish people would slow down. He's got to make some noise, doesn't he? He's got to turn on the siren, stop him, and say, stop. <laughs> He's got to, how, how do you know when authority is being used? Words are being spoken, Right? So what is it about that seat? And it's, it's a very powerful seat. Ephesians talks about this. Um, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and this is Paul's, he, he's praying this all the time. He's probably fasting and praying this. This is something that needs to happen. The glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what I was talking about already this morning, right? I want to know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. What is it? That, that sounds like a family deal, doesn't it? This is my inheritance. This is who I am as a child of God. It's going to require some revelation. 
It's going to have, what, what is revelation? When information actually becomes applied in your life. And it's no longer just something out there. It's like light bulb. Don't you like how they put a light bulb above somebody? It's like, oh, that's a realization. That's not, and they might have come across it before, but now it means something. Paul says, until this means something to us, the fullness of the power of what Jesus did will not be applied in your life. And Hitler will come in and you say, well, that's probably better than losing some lives here. No, my identity. This is what I'm talking about. When you start understanding what your identity is, you recognize the threats against it. And you say, don't you come against me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come against you. Right? And it is incomparably great power for us who believe. Does this sound like a small thing? This sounds like a major thing. A major principle. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Isn't that cool? It's like, well, it's pretty good for now, but what's, what about what's coming? You know what? doesn't matter what comes. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. A child of God, your enemy is seeking to consume by removing the power of your identity, his only real threat. What does the enemy do? He tells lies, doesn't he? What's, his only weapon is a lie, isn't it? Sometimes we, we feel like the enemy is attacking us because of something that we're experiencing. And you know what? It's just life. It's just things coming against us. You know, sometimes it's a, it's a consequence of something that we've done. The wages of sin is death. There's, there's consequences for those things, right? But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in and he wants to take something that's happening to us in life and he wants to turn it into a lie about God. What happened in the garden? Well, there's some fruit you can't eat, but it's, it'll, it's, my flesh wants to eat that fruit, fruit. Okay, so the enemy comes in and he facilitates that. And he says, you know, God, did God really tell you that? And so you modify it and say, well, he didn't really tell me that. I can give it a go. He'll forgive me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, then you get cast out of the garden because of, of a lie. And it wasn't God's fault, right? Are we good? You still love me? Okay. So, we have an enemy, and it's very important to understand what his ways are. They're not just those things that are happening to you in life. It's your perception of God that's being threatened. Because if he can, threat, if he can threaten your identity, we just talked about this, the power that Christ did enabled in you as his child when he raised you from the grave. We just read this, didn't we? It's, it's a superseding power that's above every other entity. And he said, if, if the enemy can, can compromise your realization of that, why did, why did Paul say, I'm praying this all the time? It's because if he can compromise that realization of who you are, Something happening to you in life becomes easily given an excuse. And you can't fight it with the power that will defeat it. God wants each one of us to be more than overcomers. It will happen with this identity, this principle of who we've been made to be in Christ. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sensible and vigilant because your adversary, who is he? It's not just the world. It's not things coming against you. It's not something any that's over you. It's just the devil. Walks about like a roaring lion, seeking someone he may devour, whom firmly resist in the faith. In the faith. What is that faith? Your understanding of who you are. It's not enough to just believe that God can do anything. You have to believe in what he's already done in you. 
Amen? Knowing that the same afflictions in the world are being completed in your brotherhood. This is something that's happening to everybody. Sometimes we want to make it like I'm unique. This is just me going through this. And that, that's another one of the lies. It's like, it's like what you're going through, it, it, you're a victim like none other. What you're going through right now has never been experienced before. And, and I know God said all this kind of stuff, but man, he's never run into this situation before. You know? When you realize that the power that raised Christ from the grave is the same power that's in you right now, it will be something that you identify with that. And you say, no, I'm American. No, I'm British. I, I'm not allowing anybody to come and take over me. Jesus is my Lord, right? <laughs> and so the afflictions that are coming upon everybody, you realize, don't, don't you like this? It says brotherhood. This is something that... And there's another aspect of this, that when the enemy, and I, and I was talking about this earlier, when the enemy's attack, attacking somebody else in our, in, our, uh, in our body, in the body of Christ, it affects all of us. Just kind of like, like, like anybody got an owie in your body? You know, you got a, a, something, a hitch in your hip or, you know, you got, <laughs> it affects all the rest of your body, doesn't it? It affects your body. And as such, I can affect it. Amen? So he, he's saying, you know, the enemy's going around like a roaring lion. What, what is the, the roar of a lion? It puts fear, doesn't it? It, it? it makes you think that they can overcome you. The enemy's coming and he's making a lot of noise with things that he's doing. But it's the noise that will defeat you more than the threat itself. Because it's a lie. With trials comes the challenge of giving in to the true purpose of those trials to let circumstances take the place of God's word as the authority. This happens frequently, and we have to be very careful. If God said something, it doesn't matter what I'm experiencing. My experience doesn't modify what God has done, what he's declared. 2 Corinthians 10.3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. How would you use human weapons? That means something that's coming against you, you're going to get a, a natural uh, means of, of taking care of it, right? The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. When it says that mighty, this is talking about real might, more than a nuclear bomb, more than, this is, this is all powerful stuff, right? So he's talking about if we're going to overcome It will be using weapons that are really way more powerful. And you have to realize that you have to be convinced of this. That, that what the enemy wants to do is to get you to lay down your weapons. And your weapons are not anything that you can come up with yourself. They come from the word of God. And if he can get you to lay down the word of God. Based upon some personal experience with somebody. That's going through something. And it doesn't matter what it is. Healing, healing is one of the biggest challenges because people experience, you know, I, I have very precious people in my life that have died as a result of a sickness in their life. But that, does, does that modify my uh, perception of the truth of God's word that Jesus came to heal me? No. If our, if our ability to overcome Sickness in our life is affected by what else somebody else is experiencing rather than what God said. Then we just give up and we say, okay, come in, dominate. You are Lord. Sickness. Just an example. But if we're going to overcome, everybody said they had something that, that they need to be overcoming. It has to be understood that you're already an overcomer. And whatever's coming against us has to be something that is seen, that's already been defeated. And we take what God has said, and we said, that's what I'm building my 
faith upon. Remember Jesus, he talked about that. He said, you know what? If you take my words and you build your life upon them, it's going to be like building a, a house. What, are, what is the rain? What is the storm coming against? It's life. If It's life. And if you're building your life upon experiences, it's building your life upon sand. And when those things come, it's going to fall. But if you're building it upon the word of God, this is where our faith lies. It's not just trying to use some formula with the word of God. It's the word of God based upon what Christ has done in us. I'm a child of God. Now when I speak, I speak from a seat in heavenly places that he's placed me in. And I, I adhere to his word like I will not adhere to anybody else's word. Amen? All right, there's another little bit to go here. Inasmuch as we refute, what are we refuting? What are these weapons of our warfare? They're spiritual and they're way more powerful than any natural ones in this earth today. We refute arguments. But this, but this. It's like my, I talked about this a while ago. It's really good to get your butt on the other side of God. You're going through something instead of saying, Instead of saying, I know God said that, but it's very good to say, I know I'm going through this, but God said. Amen? Because there's going to be arguments that come up, and you're going to say, what about? <laughs> we all have, we can testify to this. Can't you, anybody testify to this? this? You say, what about this? What about this? And you know what? When you don't know what about it, you just go to the word of God, and you said, I don't know about that, but I know what God said. And the theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing, because that's what it is anytime it is. Anytime it rises up against what God said, it's, proud, it's pride, it's lofty. We have so many doctors saying so many different things. Which one do you choose? You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I want to stand upon the great physician's word. Trust in what he said. <laughs> And every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Do you know what this is? Remember, Jesus asked Peter, he said, who am I? So you're the son of the living God, right? That was the answer he was going for. What he didn't realize is that was who he was becoming also. And what Jesus had done, he was a son also. He said, upon this truth, upon this reality, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against what? A church that is full of the word of God, that is casting down the thread of the end. What is the thread of the It's a lie. So you cast it down with a weapon that he cannot resist what did jesus do at the end of his temptation time in the, in the wilderness he always said he didn't say i've got a nice thought against that and after all i'm the son of god so i should be able to say whatever i want to say no he said what the word says right and what happened that the enemy had no defense don't you like this the enemy's coming against us thinking he's attacking us invading us and instead we attack him Amen? What is the word of God? It's the sword, right? All right. Are you doing good? The very power of salvation is only waiting for release from a believing heart through a confessing mouth. How many, how many have made Jesus your Lord? Do you know how powerful that was? Did you know that it had just as much power before you said anything as it did when you said something? It was just released. It was just released when you said, Jesus is my Lord. You became a new creation in Christ. Right? You realize how powerful that is? We, we just said that that's what Jesus came before we even turned his way. That's what he, he actually did for us ahead of time. He filled us with power over every work of the enemy. 
Amen? And that same power that we get salvation with, it's a release of an immense power that goes beyond our understanding. But it takes us into a new realm where the only thing that's limiting us is our knowledge of who we are. And then that same power that brought salvation is just waiting for more release from a heart that believes in what God has said. Salvation came in belief in what God said, right? That Jesus came to carry, take all of our sins, to give us new life in him. You know, there's a lot more truth in what he's done for us. There's power over every threat against our faith. Our faith is who we are in Christ. There's power over every attack that will come to try to take that. And it's pushed back. It's resisted by our words. In the same way that power was released in our confession of Christ, power over the enemy is released by what comes out of our mouth. Amen? This is, this is the same way creation came about. There was the power to create the universe resident in God before he said anything. But when he spoke, things came into being. The power, very power of salvation is only waiting for release from a mouth, uh, a belief, uh, from a believing heart through a confessing mouth. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. This is what he's talking about, right? Every mountain's ocean experience, I like how I said this, is, is awaiting a believing heart's directive. How many are aware of this passage that we're going to get to? This, this, how many have ever seen a, uh, a mountain diving into the ocean? It's like, whoa, it's kind, of a, it's kind of an interesting concept. But how many have mountains in your life that need movement? They need a believing heart that's speaking to them from a mouth. Amen? Stuff in the Bible. What are you going to do with this? It's going to say, ah, that's, that's for us to know when we get to heaven, I guess. I don't know. Because that's like beyond me. No, this is the reality. This is who you've been made to be in Christ. This is who you are as a child of God. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. What, that, that's belief in what God has done, what, what he said. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. That means there's, there's resident power right there just waiting for the, the words to be spoken from somebody who actually believes it. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Man, this is good news. This is good, this is good news for people that need some overcoming in their life. Amen? What gets overcome, first of all, is who you are. Because the enemy is wanting to threaten you with that first. When you overcome who you are in Christ, then the enemy is fixing to go for a splash, right? Do not have, you, you do not have to concede to anything when you're full of faith in the power already received in Christ. Luke 10, 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. This is Jesus talking, right? And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Again, this is one of those like, I guess that was maybe just for them. This is one of the arguments that we get. This was just for somebody else. This was just for somebody else. All the promises of God. Did you know that all of them are yes in a man in Christ? He doesn't single out some of them and say, oh, I'd like to give this promise to this person because I like the way they look. They brush their teeth all the time and they comb their hair. No, he, he, he says, no, all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. That means they're mine. Amen? And one of those is I've given you authority. 
What is limiting, limiting that? Only belief. Only belief. That's why we keep singing that over again. <laughs> Do you wonder why we sing that over so many times? I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. <laughs> I am chosen, forgiven. I, I'm a child of God. I live in your house. Why? Because we have to reinforce that over and over again. It's in the belief of that that we receive these kind of statements and act upon them. Amen? It's connected to that identity. Where your mind is has everything to do with your experience of victory. So what we're talking about right now is important. Remember what Paul, he said, I pray that, the, that you're understanding. What is this? This is where our mind is. This is why it's so important what we're exposing our mind to. And we have a time of fasting. And what needs to happen during that time of fasting is, God, I'm just going to expose myself to you alone during this time. Because I want to be affected by you. I want to believe in you. I want to know you more. Amen? This sounds kind of like, well, he's really off the deep end, right? <laughs> but no, this is what we have. But it's very important where we have our mind if we're going to actually be able to believe in who we are. That's why we sing that song over and over again. And that's why we sing, I surrender. What are we doing? We're surrendering to the truth of God's word above the threats and the lies coming at us from the world. Amen? Yeah. Hey, hey, we're getting close. Hang in there with me. Are you good? Are you good? This is good stuff, though, isn't it? Colossians 3, 1. If then you were raised with Christ, we already said that, right? Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He said, I've seated you right there with him. Be mindful of things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Man, this is a reality. This requires transformation. You know, I talked about this earlier today. This requires being in the presence of God. This requires honoring his presence as if it's... He, he, this is more real than anything else. Amen? This requires getting into the word of God like it's, it's your life. Because it's from that reality that overcoming is enabled. Amen? I like, you know, I, I thought you could just confess enough. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. Well, what is that? Where's that coming from? It's coming from my identity as a child of God that I've been made a new creature in him. And now I am seated in a position of authority over anything that could come my way. Now it's not me just wishing that God would do something about problems in my life. It's me understanding that I have authority over those things. And he's already made me more than anything that's coming against me. Oh, man, I just pray that this will get in us. Amen? Overcoming. Already, it's already secured by the one inside. I love, don't you love this? 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. You know, this is the reality of faith, of anything that God, he's already done anything that we would like for him to do in Christ. And when you get over on that side of it, now you're just establishing what he's already done. Amen? You have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. How many are ready this morning to take it to the enemy rather than take it from the enemy? Amen? How does that happen? It happens when we become secure in who we are and we take up our weapons. How many are, you know, I, I recently got my carry license, you know? <laughs> All right, you don't have to raise your hand, but we got some carriers in here today, I think. You know, why, why do you do that? Because at the time of need, you better be loaded, right? Doesn't do any good. I, I, I had somebody give me, uh, you know, a firearm. I just recently got one that's easier to carry, you know, kind of thing. My problem is forgetting it somewhere. 
you know? It's like I got a place at home that I like to, to stash it so, you know, kids won't get it and that kind of a thing. And a lot of times I'll get, I'll, I'll get up here to the church or something and say, oh, man, doesn't do any good to have weapons if they're laying somewhere where you can't reach them. Right? <laughs> or, yeah, I have a weapon now that, that uh, I haven't even fired it yet. It's like, I need to go fire that thing so I'm comfortable, you know? <laughs> and, and I hate ever have, I hate the idea of ever having to use it, you know, for, for the purpose that it's, it's there for. But when it comes to defense, of, of what's mine. You know, in a setting like this, if somebody were to come in and threaten any of you, it would be my responsibility to retaliate, to defend. The enemy comes in to us. What's, is it our responsibility to just let them come in? Well, I'm afraid of what they might do to me. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pull out our weapons, Right? And wield them so that the attacker becomes the attacked. You have to know your weapons. You have to be ready to wield them. And you have to know your ability to wield them. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? Uh, I, this, I believe what we've shared here today, this will transform your life. <laughs> There's a lot here. How many got a lot here? Did you get a, a big meal here this morning? <laughs> but I just challenge us, and, I, and it's my prayer right now, that this makes a difference in our life. And I've got something I just want to do. I don't want to just, um, I don't want to just say, hey, go have fun with this. It's kind of like handing somebody a pistol and saying, uh, here, go defend yourself. You need, to, you need to take steps. You need to begin doing something on a, on a continual basis. You know, um, I've, I've, had, uh, I've had issues in my body before, and sometimes I'll just keep making the same statement against that thing. You know? I've, I, I mean, I've had some kind of major things going on, and, and like the pain can be, uh, you know, just beyond your ability. You think you can take it. I just keep saying I'm healed by the blood of Jesus. I just keep saying that. Why? Because I'm being tempted to think something else. I'm being tempted to give in and say, well, I guess, I, I guess I'm just going to have to accept. But no, you have to keep saying. You, 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 it, it, you're not trying to make something happen. You're just reinforcing something that's already happened. And it's becoming real in your life. Amen? Can we just say these things? You know, and, and I, and I, I want to just, I want to encourage you a little Let's let these, this kind of a thing be something that becomes our meditation. It's like, it's, like, um, it's like Buddy was saying here during the offering, you know, that, that Psalm 1. <laughs> but, but, but in your law, I meditate day and night. You know, there was an old law that somehow David, I don't know how he got off on, on meditating on the law of Moses that much. You know, that seemed like that would have been kind of, you know, depressing. But... What we have in Christ, I mean, this is liberating. We can meditate on this day and night. and It doesn't have to be a whole, you know, string of, of verses. But we got to get stuff. We got to get the reality of it in our spirits. I'll tell you what, this is life. If you know Christ, if you've been born again, this is what your spirit is longing for. Give me a voice, it's saying. Give me a voice. This is reality. Can we do this together? Uh, just, so what I have here is I have just the, the initial statement of Jesus is my Lord. You know, just saying that can be liberating. Because <laughs> there's a lot of other things wanting to take claim <laughs> to say that, that they're our Lord. You have to get that in your spirit. I am his child and have his very nature. So that's the next thing. Not only is he my Lord, but I am directly connected to him in my identity. I am his child. I'm growing up in him. Amen? And as his child, I'm seated with him above all authority, above all powers in this earth. Amen? And because he's in me, I have already overcome. <laughs> 
So when I'm looking at things now, you look at something instead of saying, man, I wish I could overcome that. You say, no, I've already overcome. And the more you're saying that, based upon what we've talked about, you're not trying to make something come to pass. You're reinforcing something that's already come to pass. But until it's released from your mouth, that power is like my pistol in, in my house when I need it here. Okay. Right? <laughs> and I have power to resist every force of darkness. So what I would like to, can we say this like five times? It's not enough to just say it once. Amen? I encourage you this with your salvation. Keep saying that he's your Lord. Amen? All right, let's say this together. Jesus is my Lord. I am his child and have his very nature. I am seated with him far above all earthly authority. Because he is in me, I've already overcome. I have power to resist every force of darkness. Jesus is my Lord. I am his child and have his very nature. I am seated with him far above all earthly authority. Because he is in me, I've already overcome. I have power to resist every force of darkness. Jesus is my Lord. I am his child and have his very nature. I am seated with him far above all earthly authority. Because he is in me, I've already overcome. I have power to resist every force of darkness. Let's do it again. Jesus is my Lord. I am his child and have his very nature. I am seated with him far above all earthly authority. Because he is in me, I've already overcome. I have power to resist every force of darkness. Father.